Welcome back. Thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am 12 Kyle. Check this out. If you've been hiding under a rock, um, <laughs> and I'm sure you haven't been, uh, you have received the word that I have received a couple hours ago at the time of this recording. Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes of the Pac-12 Conference have announced that they have signed their new head coach. And their new head coach is none other than Dion Sanders, a.k.a. Coach Prime. Prime time, prime time, Dion, whatever you want to call him. Um, and I normally don't talk about current events, but this one, I had to talk about it because it has been the topic of conversation for the last couple of weeks. Um, hot and heavy these last couple of days. And, um, you know, a lot of people have reached out to me and asked me what I thought about it. I've had, you know, several conversations in group chats uh, and things of that nature. Um, let me just go back and so we can go forward. Uh Coach Prime is, you know, somebody who is charismatic, someone who is uh, well-liked, someone who is well-hated. <laughs> um, some people, I, like, it's really kind of hard to say because for some people, like, you, you either in or out on Deion Sanders. Like, you either like him or you don't like him. I will be honest with you. I am... Uh, my favorite, other than South Carolina State, my favorite college football team is the Seminoles from Florida State University. And I became a Seminoles fan once I saw, as a child, uh, Deion Sanders play cornerback and punt return. And he was the reason why I became a Florida State fan and still am a Florida State fan to this day. So I have a certain level of appreciation, affinity for Deion Sanders. Um and I was definitely rooting for him as he made his way into college athletics. If you're not familiar, Deion Sanders, prior to taking the head coaching job at Jackson State University, uh, which he's leaving, um, and that was, what, three years ago, uh, prior to taking that job, Deion had never coached on uh, the collegiate level. He had coached high school, he coached his sons, um, but never coached at the collegiate level. Um he comes to Jackson State, which is a historically black college and university, HBCU, uh, located in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, and he completely turns the program around. Uh, if you've been following the podcast, you know that last December, Jackson State uh, played in the Celebration Bowl uh, after compiling what an eleven and two record, they won the their uh, their conference, the SWAC conference, Southwestern Athletic uh, Conference. That's what SWAC stands for, uh, and they played against the champions from the MEAC conference, the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference. Uh, the team that they played against was South Carolina State University. If you're familiar, I am <laughs> an alum who played football at South Carolina State University. So I'll be honest. And I don't think I need to tell you this, but I'll tell you anyway, like I was rooting for all, all the way up until 
Jackson State made it to the Celebration Bowl. I wanted to see Dion win because he has his detractors. I genuinely wanted to see him win. But I didn't want to see him beat my team. Uh, we faced off December 18th, 2021 in the Celebration Bowl. And I can just remind you that we threw Jackson State down a flight of stairs. <laughs> we kicked the shit out of Jackson State. And we won the Celebration Bowl. And, you know, that was it was a big surprise to a lot of people because we weren't favored to win that game. We came into that game with a, what was our record, six and five. But we left, you know, champions and the, the black college national champions. And so that was the only time that I really wanted to see them lose. Obviously, I was at the game. The game was in Atlanta um, where I live. And uh, but. The thing that I can say, even just from watching that game and being at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium um, and seeing the thousands upon thousands of Jackson State fans who made the trek from, you know, Jackson, many of them and and their huge alumni bases around, you know, the South, uh, they were in there deep. And Jackson State travels well. Uh, their, their home games currently, this current season, this football season that just wrapped up, uh, Jackson State led the nation, not just in black college, but in FCS as far as attendance. I think they it's like somewhere over 45,000 people attend their games weekly. Again, that's FCS. So we're not talking about FBS when you're talking about the Michigans and Ohio States, but FCS. That's a huge accomplishment in and of itself to have to average 45,000 people come to your games on Saturdays. Um, And you can make a case that that's part of what we call the prime effect. Coach Prime coming there and infusing a winning attitude and a winning desire and putting the focus on his HBCU, Jackson State, had an effect on that university. Uh, When you have a coach who is a high visibility coach, who is someone who is charismatic as Deion Sanders, someone who is boastful and is successful. I mean, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't have to read you his accolades. The man played professional football and professional baseball. (laughs) I mean, who does that? But when you're on the collegiate level, if you're able to bring in that kind of talent to your school and have success, people are going to be envious. And people are going to want to know how it is that you're doing what it is that you're doing. Case in point. um, Right before last year's Celebration Bowl, there was an announcement of a recruit by the name of Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter was a kid, local kid out of uh, Metro Atlanta, um, who appeared to be headed to Florida State, ironically. Uh when it was time to make his decision for where he wanted to go to college, he decided not to go to Florida state and he decided to attend Jackson state university. Now, again, Travis Hunter is the best at that particular time. He was the best football player in the country. He had every single school in the country wanting him. And he said, you know what? I'm not going over here to Michigan. I'm not going over here to Alabama. 
I'm not going over here to Florida State. I am going to Jackson State so I can play for Coach Prime. And that decision flipped the world on his head, the sports world on his head, because people were trying to figure out, like, well, how, what did Dion do? What did what, what did he say? What did, what did he do? He had to have done something. And some people, even like Nick Saban of Alabama, even went as far as to allege that Jackson State, quote unquote, paid Travis Hunter to come to Jackson State. Because in their minds, you know, coaches like Nick Saban were trying to wrap their heads around, well, why would a kid spurn a school like Florida State to go play at this this HBCU? Which is, a, I mean, Jackson State's not a small HBCU. It's nice. I, I think they got like, what, 10, 11,000 students, something like that. Um, it's not a small HBCU. Relatively speaking, it's a large HBCU. But an HBCU nonetheless. It's not Florida State, right? And so people couldn't figure it out. So they had, so they they had in their mind, they had to say, well, Jackson State had to be cheating, right? They had to have been cheating to get Travis Hunter. And not only that, but Dean, but Deion Sanders was recruiting all of these players, these four and four, four and five star recruits kids who would normally go to the Clemson's and the Alabama's and the Michigan's and the Ohio States, these kids were now turning their attention to Jackson state. And for some, that was a problem. In the meantime, what Deion Sanders was doing was not only building a foundation for a great football team and a program, but he was actually infusing his personality, his uh, his charismatic charismatic ways, um, as well as his influence to make things happen around in and around their university. Case in point, they had a football field, a practice field, where prior to you know Dion coming there, if it, if they got a lot of rain or something, they couldn't practice on their practice field. They would have to take a bus to a local high school just to practice. So Dion used some of his influence. He reached out to Walmart and Walmart built them a practice field. Those type of things just don't happen. He got the, he got them this new state of the art locker room, a locker room by which he paid funds out of his own pocket to fund. I think he paid like a hundred, hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars or something so that they could have some of the same facilities as, you know, some of the other schools that they're in competition with when it comes to recruiting these athletes. Now, let me let y'all in on a little secret, particularly for those who those who don't follow college, college sports. Um, facilities are everything to an 18, 19 year old kid. That's the thing that they look at. That's the thing that, you know, is, is the hook, if you will. The hook, line, and sinker. That's the thing that that brings a kid in because he wants to know that can he be comfortable and and have fly stuff, you know, because that's what they have at the bigger schools, at the big white schools. Let me just put it like that, right? At the big white schools, they have that. And, and at the black colleges, you don't have all of that. And I'm speaking from experience because, again, I played at an HBCU at South Carolina State University. Granted, I played in the 90s, but still, you get my point. Right. So Dion was able to do things like that and then attract the top recruits. And in the process, Dion also was telling any and everybody that would listen like, hey, 
if you even the playing field, I would like to see what an HBCU could do as opposed to what our counterparts are doing over here at this PW at these PWIs, these predominantly white institutions. And Dion was a very loud proponent and advocate for HBCU sports, football in particular. So you have all of that stuff going on. And not only that, this team is winning. They blew through their conference last year. They blew through their conference this year. They have not, at the time of this recording, they have not lost a game all season long. And they're not just winning. Like, they're blowing everybody out that they've played. Unfortunately, they didn't get a chance to play South Carolina State this year. But, hey, we got them on the schedule for next year. (laughs) But I said all that to say this. Like, Dion did a lot. And to be honest, you really can't put a price tag on what he's been able to do. And, And I have to remind you that he did all of this, particularly this season in the midst of a huge water crisis in the city of Jackson, not familiar city of Jackson has had a huge water issue with contamination and being under a water boil effect. And at one point they had to shut the water off in the city for like, I think it was like a week or two. And so, you know, not only does that affect the football team, but that affects the kids on that campus. That affects everybody. And you have to keep in mind, Jackson, Mississippi is not a small place. This is a city with a population of about 850,000, 800. No, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. It's 185,000. I don't know who's getting a number from. But anyway, 185,000, a predominantly black city. And then you have this HBCU in that place. And Dion is winning and he's not only winning, but he's infusing a level of excitement into this program, all the while dealing with stuff like this off the field that you have no control over. I mean, if you don't have water, how can your kids shower? <laughs> how can you brush your teeth? Yeah, I mean, you can get bottled water and you can, you know, I don't know, warm it up and bathe in it you take a bird bath or something but you know you you can't just jump in the shower and this is what these kids had to deal with and Dion was able to navigate through all of that and he is to be commended for that he did a lot for Jackson State but at the time of this recording tonight he has announced that he is leaving Jackson State to become the head coach at Colorado University. Now, here's where it gets tricky, right? About a month, month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, Dion was featured on 60 Minutes, the show. And He had a lot to say, as always. I would encourage you to go check out that interview. The interview is, I think, about 15 minutes. And he says a lot. And at the end of the interview, 
the guy asked him, he said, well, you know, what happens when a power five, you know, one of the, the PWI conferences, power five conferences comes knocking at your door wanting to take you from Jackson state because they see what you're doing here and they feel like, okay, well, Hey, he's great at recruiting kids. He's great at winning. We want him to do this here and we can compensate him more than what he's making at Jackson state. Because if I'm not mistaken, Deion Sanders signed a four year contract for $1.2 million to coach at Jackson state. That's what $300,000 a year. And he also gets like a, a portion of the tickets being sold at the stadium. So let's just say roughly when you throw in that and any type of endorsements through school, let's say he makes $500,000 a year, right? Money wise, if a power, if, and when a power five came calling, they could say, Hey, Dion, we'll give you 5 million. So you got 500,000 on one hand, 5 million on the other. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that that is not the same. So back to the interview, the guy asked me, he said, well, hey, you know, if one of these power fives come calling, you know, what, what are you going to do? And he said, well, you know, I, I'd be foolish not to entertain that. He's I have to take that call. I have to, you know, because he said he mentioned the fact that his his coaching staff, they're vastly underpaid. And I, I don't know what they're they're making, but I would assume that um, at Jackson State, his assistants are probably making less than six figures. And for the work that college coaches put in, that's not enough money. I mean, if you may, and don't get me wrong, not everybody in this world can make seventy five thousand dollars a year. But, but, but. If you're a college coach and you're making $75,000 a year at that level, that ain't enough money. I'm sorry. Um, so he, he, he expressed the desire to make sure that his coaching staff was well taken care of. And, um, you know, he said that, right. And so when he said that, I think that, ruffled a lot of people's feathers because then there became whispers of, Oh, damn, is he serious about leaving? Like, and I'll be honest. I, I heard some rumors. I heard some rumors about some vacancies. One particular was uh, Auburn university. Um, man, I was like, nah, prime ain't leaving, you know? Cause I know that he, the stuff that he talks about doing the things that he wanted to do, particularly for Jackson state and his conference, the SWAC conference, as well as HBCUs in general. Um, that stuff would take time. And I don't think that if he left or if he had the idea of leaving, he would be leaving those things on the table. Um, and so in my mind, I'm like, he's probably not, he's probably not going anywhere. And I thought that until he made that, made mention of that in that interview, when he said that in the interview, I was like, okay, so what he's saying is if the right situation comes along and the right amount of money is, is being thrown out there, 
I'm at least going to entertain it. And you're well within your right to do so, right? Who wouldn't want to put themselves in a better financial situation to take care of themselves? And I mean, Deion Sanders played professional football and baseball. I don't think he's hurting for money, right? I don't, I'm not into counting people's pockets, but I'm willing to bet that Deion's got a few coins prior to take, he had a few coins prior to taking the Jackson State job. Um, so that was the background. So all of this comes ahead in these last couple of weeks because as Jackson State continues to win and dominate over all of their opponents, you start hearing whispers. You start hearing, you start seeing on social media these rumors about you know this school or that school and 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 the the thing with Auburn that really got me was that this was coming from boosters and alumni like hey we wouldn't mind having coach prime you know on the sidelines in Auburn and I'm like really Auburn like in the SEC really I just couldn't see it right but these were credible sources and when Dion said what he said I'm like I don't know that he's necessarily going to Auburn, but if there are some coaching vacancies out there, there's a possibility that he would leave. Um, coach got fired at Georgia Tech. Coach got fired at Auburn. Coach got fired at um, South Florida. Coach got fired at Colorado. Ironically, the coach that got fired at Colorado was a black coach, uh, Carl Durrell, who used to coach at UCLA. So, you got all of these things kind of falling into place, right? And I forgot to mention, not only did Dion sign and rec- recruit and sign a kid like Travis Hunter, but the star quarterback for Jackson State is Dion's son, Shador. He also has a son that plays on the team that plays cornerback. His name is Shiloh. So he's not only <laughs> coaching this team, but he's also coaching his son's on the team and Shadur Sanders is one of the best football players in college. He's one of the best quarterbacks statistically in college football at any level. I mean, the kid is bad. So you have all of that at play. Not only the fact of coaching your son. I mean, like I coach my son at the lowest level of, you know, peewee football and I enjoyed it immensely. So I can only imagine what it's like to coach your son playing college football because I, you know, know what it's like to play college football. And I'm glad that my dad is still here, but I would have, I would have loved to have played football with my dad coaching me in college. That would have been so dope. And so being able to not only see your sons, but to be there with them every day, every step of the way, that's a beautiful thing that, yeah, very few ever get the chance to experience. So you have all of that at play. And then the rumors started getting louder and louder and louder. And I heard a rumor earlier this week from a reliable source that he was heading to Colorado. I couldn't really talk on it because, you know, it wasn't anything for me to broadcast because I'm not, you know, no reporter or anything like that but I asked a few people the people that I knew confirmed what I'd heard and basically they were in talks 
And so, you know, you can be in talks with anybody. But it's not until, you know, Penn gets the paper and we have negotiations. And it, it, from what I understand, it had not gotten to that point, but it wasn't far from it. Right. So then there was the reaction because by the middle of this week, even with Jackson State getting ready to prepare to play in this uh, SWAC championship game against Southern University, the rumors had come out basically that, you know, it was almost a done deal that he was going to Colorado. And when the story broke, there was a lot of reaction. There was some very good reaction. There were good reactions from, you know, people who feel like, particularly alumni too as well, from Jackson State who feel like, you know, they were happy for him. They wanted to see him succeed and they were going to support him wherever he went. And I saw a lot of that on my Twitter timeline. Um, conversely, there was a lot of bad reaction. There was a lot of negative responses from not only alumni, but fans and just black people in general. And I think it's understood because there were a lot of people who don't want to see Dion shine, right? And there were a lot of people that wanted to see him shine and they also wanted him to stay. And I don't know. I, I, I get why people felt the way that they felt. I, I, I get it. I, I'll, I'll read to you a couple of tweets that I got. This tweet right here is from my man, Alex. He said, quote, the problem that I have is he proclaimed that his bigger goal was to elevate HBCU programs and create a new standard. He's leaving that job unfinished. The students that followed him to JSU on that premise have been betrayed, but it's just business though. Close quote. You know what? Can't really argue with anything that Alex said. My homegirl, Sharon, she said, quote, I've seen a lot of opinions whether they feel like he's selling out and use JSU as a stepping, excuse me, stepping stone, or if he feels he made his impact and it's time to move on to bigger opportunities for him and his staff. Close quote. We're going to come back to sell out. <laughs> um, my man, the general, General BK on Twitter, he hit me up this morning. He said, quote, primetime is who he is. He's all, he's, that's who he's always been. I shouldn't be surprised, but damn, I really thought he was trying to do something for HBCUs. He had a real opportunity to make a change. And he's taking JSU recruits and players with him. I shouldn't be shocked. But I am. Close quote. Again, there's really not much you can argue about anything that they've said. It's right there in black and white. And so there's a lot of that. I mean, 
there were tons of it on social media. I'm just reading to you just the tweets that I got based on tweets that I sent this morning. Uh, the last week I'll read is from my man King Germ from the Frocast. King Germ said, quote, I will say this. If he was on a mission to revive HBCU football and its interests, he did that. It wasn't on him solely to do it, but he planted a seed. Now it's all on us to keep the mission going. If we don't continue showing the same support, then we failed the mission. Close quote. Great point from King Germ. Um, I said this this morning when I sent out the tweet because we were talking about this as the rumors were swirling heavily um, because by this morning we had heard it's a done deal, right? Um, I said on Twitter that he's making a business decision, right? No emotions involved. I'm sure he is, he's emotional about it because I'm sure that he does not want to leave those kids behind. He's making a business decision, so I can't be mad at somebody making a business decision. He put himself in a position to where he could elevate himself. I can't be mad at that. Period. Hard stop. You also have to understand, too, that a lot of what Dion said in his press conferences, on his social media pages, on all of the videos that they filmed at Jackson, Jackson State takes, they have cameras everywhere. A lot of what he said made it sound as if he was going to be there for the long haul, that he was there and he had a bigger mission. I mean, the man got on 60 Minutes and said he got a collect call from God that he had to go to Jackson State. Well, I mean, did God call him back and say, hey, man, you got to go to Colorado? I don't know. And again, I don't I don't want anybody to think that I'm crapping on Dion for making this decision. This is the decision that he had to make for himself. And there's no guarantees that because he dominated at Jackson State that he's going to dominate at Colorado. He made a business decision. I can live with his business decision, but I also say, said on Twitter if, 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 if I were a Jackson State alum, I may feel some type of way. And that's no lie. Again, you heard me mention that at the top. I went, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an alum from South Carolina State University. So let's just say, let's, let's, let's flip, let's flip the scenario. Let's say, let's say Coach Prime is at South Carolina State. And he does everything that he did at Jackson State at South Carolina State. And then he's talking about, you know, the legacy and 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 elevating HBCUs and having the black athletes come back to HBCUs and, and as they once were. Because let me just let you in on a little secret. There was a time in the not so distant past where the best black college students the best black athletes couldn't go to white colleges. And I'm talking, they couldn't go to Alabama. They couldn't go to Clemson. They couldn't go to Florida. They couldn't go to Georgia. They couldn't go to any of those schools. And you know what they did? They went to black colleges and they were great. 
and many of them matriculated to the NFL. And many of those that matriculated to the NFL dominated in the NFL and became Hall of Famers. For example, my uncle played at South Carolina State University, or well, South Carolina State College at the time where he went to school. But he played at South Carolina State, and he went on and was drafted in 19, excuse me, 1976 by the New York Football Giants. His name is Harry Carson. He played four years at South Carolina State, 13 years in the NFL with the New York Football Giants. And he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, he wasn't recruited by Clemson. He was from South Carolina, just like me. He wasn't recruited coming out. He wasn't recruited by Clemson. He wasn't recruited by the University of South Carolina. He wasn't recruited by Georgia. He was recruited by North Carolina A&T, another historically black college, and South Carolina State. And that was it. And so we're not that far removed from a time frame in which the best black athletes didn't go to white schools. So a lot of what Dion said and a lot of the, the press conferences and the think pieces and, and the, the conversations that got not just his university, but he got others to think about the bigger picture for black college sports, black college football in particular. But I distinctly remember having a conversation, me and my crew, and my boy Clark said, he's, I'll never forget, he said, I don't know how sincere he is about any of this. In his words, he said, Dion was full of shit, right? And I said, Clark, why, why you say that? And he said, he said, I, he said, he does not come off as genuine to me. He said he comes off as somebody who says what he needs to say to get the point across. He's like, but he doesn't seem sincere to me. Now, Clark, for what it's worth, is, is a coach, and he respects and loves Dion as a player. But he didn't think that Dion was sincere about what he was preaching. He felt like Dion was just saying stuff just to say stuff. So... This was Clark's thought last year, not this year, last year, right? So as these rumors started swirling, we started talking about it in our group chat. You know, Clark was just like, all right, it's, it's, it's starting to play out. He's going to show y'all. And so Clark basically felt like a lot of people that, you know, Dion wasn't sincere. And the only question I had for Clark was, do you think... He was doing everything that he said he was doing and that we saw him do. Was he doing it in the name of the university, which is Jackson State? Was he doing it in the name of HBCUs, which would benefit all of us? Or was he doing it in the name of Deion Sanders? And I'll be honest with y'all. Based on some of the things that he said and based on some of the things that he did, I had a hard time differentiating to figure out which category each of those things fell into based on some of the things he said and some of the things that he did because some of the stuff that he said and he did clearly was to benefit Jackson State and you know what that's 
his employer. That's who he's supposed to do it for. And then there were other things that he clearly was doing it to benefit HBCUs. But the only thing I say about that is, and it's something he made, it was a statement he made. Some He made a statement I remember about, he had a complaint about some HBCUs had football teams where they played and they didn't have their names on the back of their jerseys. Valid point. There's a lot of schools that, that were like that. I mean, South Carolina State, our jerseys, our names on the back of our jerseys, but it wasn't always that way. It wasn't that way when I played. I mean, when we played in our bowl games, we had our names on our jerseys, but we, other than that, there's there's no um there's no jerseys, there's no SC State jerseys with 12 on the front and 12 Kyle on the back on the nameplate. So I get it, but I think even in that statement, I, the issue that I had with it was like, Bro, you can't speak for every HBCU because everybody don't have the same budgets. That's another thing. Everybody don't have the same budget. So even if a school like Jackson State might have a football budget of $5 million, you know, Prairie View might have $1 million. So everybody's not the same. Even at, at on the HBCU level, everybody's not the same. So you can't necessarily speak on the finances for everybody else. But like I said, I had a hard time with some of the things that he said, kind of figuring out which box you would put those things in. And so back to Clark's point, I I just asked him, I said, well, hey, do you think he's doing this for himself? Do you think he's doing this for the university? Or do you think he's doing it for HBCUs? And Clark simply says, he's like, he's, he's doing all of this for himself. He's like, he's not, he's, he's, <laughs> Clark's pretty harsh on it. Clark said he, he thought that Dion was doing everything for himself and disguising, disguising it in the name of Jackson State or in the name of HBCUs. And his words were, if he takes that job at Colorado, then this was all about him. And there are a lot of people at the time of this recording who are on social media tweeting right now that feel the exact same way. But is that fair? Because all of us, everybody that's listening to me right now, everybody, no matter how good or bad your job is, if you could work your job for the next six months and knowing that in those six months, you would put yourself in a different type of stratosphere and atmosphere to where you could double your salary at your next job, you'd probably do it. Most of us would. Now I know it's a little, it's, it's a totally different scenario because kids are involved here. Because let me let you in on a little secret. Every football player on Jackson State's team came to play for Coach Prime. There might now there might be a few, there might be a handful that came to Jackson State because they love the school. 
but for the most part, they came because of Coach Prime. I mean, Travis Hunter, the kid that I told you about earlier, he came because of Coach Prime. He didn't come because Jackson State sits, you know, where it sits and campus is nice and they got a nice bookstore. <laughs> no, he came to play for Coach Prime. And that happens at every college, at every university, no matter what the level, no matter anything. Do you think that <laughs> those basketball players were going to Duke just to just because Duke's a dope school? No, they were going to play for Coach K. Do you think that kids will leave, you know, Miami, Florida to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama? Just because Alabama's got nice trees? No, they're going to play for Nick Saban. That happens on every level, women and men. And so here's the thing that you have to keep in mind, too, that a lot of sports fans don't understand. It's when you talk about college athletics and the politics it's not like how it was when I was in school. And I'll give you in my example. Okay. Let's say in 1995, I decide, you know what? I don't want to be at South Carolina State anymore. I want to transfer to Clemson. If I wanted to transfer to Clemson, I would have to go to, you know, my coaches and go to the athletic director, go through the proper channels and say, hey, I, I want to be released from my scholarship. I want to attend Clemson University. I've been accepted, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. It's on the university to say, hey, you know what, Kyle? You can go. But they make that call. And if the university says, well, look, we don't want you to go to Clemson. We don't want you to leave. I am locked into that scholarship. I cannot leave at all. And wherever I decide to go, it's going to be on them. They have to release me from my scholarship. If they don't release me from my scholarship, I am stuck at South Carolina State University. That was 1995. But in 2022, it don't work that way. These kids can enter what they call the transfer portal. And in a nutshell, what it, what it means is they can become free agents. So, Today you can be playing at Alabama and you and if you decide, hey, I want to leave Alabama and I want to go play or I, I want to leave Alabama. And let's say you have your eye on going to Rutgers. If Rutgers wants you, they'll say, hey, we'll just enter the portal and we'll pull you in. And there's some channels. I, I don't want to get into detail, but there's some channels you have to go through. And then ultimately Rutgers will issue or uh, once you clear that process, they will bring you in and you will become a member of the Rutgers team. And it's just that simple. It's just that simple. So nowadays, there's nothing that's holding you back from leaving a school going elsewhere. And I said that to say this because in the case of Travis Hunter, in the case of Shadour Sanders, in the case of all of the four and five star recruits that have been recruited to go to Jackson State, guess what? 
if they play in the Celebration Bowl in a couple of weeks, and once that's done, if they make the decision that, hey, I want to go to Colorado with Coach Prime, there's absolutely nothing that Jackson State can do to keep them there. So in essence, the talent that Dion has acquired, recruited, and brought to the university, he can take with him. So you brought him here, and now you're about to take him away. So guess what? Jackson State, in essence, athletically, could be worse next year. Even if they have a good coach come in, or even if Dion can handpick his successor or whatever, you know, they they can be in worse shape because they're not going to have the star players that they have now because most of those kids are not going to stay. I mean, yeah, yeah. who wants to leave Jackson, Mississippi to go to where, where's, where's Colorado? Boulder? Yeah. Who wants to go to Boulder, Colorado? I know it's cold in, in, in Colorado. I do know that. But yeah. So on the surface, you could make the case that Dion used not only used the university, but he also acquired a lot of talent that he's probably going to take with him. Because these are the kids that he knows. He knows these kids now. He he don't know the kids that are being recruited to come to Colorado now. But I'm sure that he's. It's already been rumored that he's been in contact with kids who are interested in coming to Colorado. So he's got his. He'll have his kids that he's bringing from Jackson State, and it could be 10, 15 kids. I don't know. There's no. That's the funny thing about. There's no regulations on that. Now, I mean, he couldn't bring the whole Jackson State team, but if there are 20 kids, he could bring 20 kids with him. And there's nothing that Jackson State could do about it. Absolutely nothing. They can't say, hey, we're going to hold your scholarship. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, they, they can't do anything. And what was funny was I was seeing commentary on Twitter. Well, I wonder if Shador is going to go with his dad. Duh. What kind of question is that? If your dad's going somewhere, you going with him. Come on, man. Don't be stupid. So, back to the question. Did he sell out? I am, I am very uncomfortable <laughs> talking about somebody selling out in uh, mixed spaces. Um, and this is definitely a mixed space because I don't know who's listening to this. I don't think he sold out. I don't. I mean, I've heard people make the case that he did. I don't, I don't, because I, again, all I can do is go back to me and my career. And if right now, as much as I like where I work now, if I'm given the opportunity to double, triple, quadruple my salary, you know, nothing short of cutting off a limb, I'm going to do it. But it's so many other lives involved because, again, this ain't just Dion. Dion has not just his kids, but the kids that he, Dion sat in the recruiting process, sat in, sat in the living room of 
a lot of these kids' parents, their parents' living room, and sat in there and told them, hey, if you let if you let your kid come to Jackson State, I will make sure that they do this, 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 and that. He'll get a degree, and he will have a shot at the NFL. And he said that. And he told the kids that he was going to be there for the time that they were going to be in school. And that's what every coach does. Nick Saban does it all the time. But these coaches, they come and go. And it's a business. I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll say it again. It is a business. College athletics is a true and true business. And it's a cold business. And it's a business in which the people who do the work get very little in return. Yeah, they're starting to get compensated as far as these NIL deals. NIL, that means name, image, and likeness. But they don't get a big cut of the big pie. They don't get the big piece of chicken. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You, you, can, you can create a playoff system that will generate $4.5 billion that will give every school in their conferences an additional $800 million. But nah, nah, they can't, they, they can't touch that. The players can't touch that. Nah, they can't touch that. But that's another story for a whole nother podcast. But so did he sell out? No, nah, I don't think he did. I think he created a situation where he put himself in a position where he could make more money and a better opportunity. If you, if you think that Colorado is a better opportunity, because here's the thing, Colorado is in the Pac-12. The Pac-12, you have schools like Oregon. You have schools like Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. Oh, and two other schools, UCLA, shout out to Baylor, and Southern Cal, USC. But UCLA and USC are supposed to be leaving the Pac-12. So maybe, just maybe, Dion feels like he can get there and maybe dominate in in, in the Pac-12. And then who knows, maybe... For all that I know, Dion, I mean, Colorado could be a stepping stone. Colorado could be the place where he gets his feet wet at that level. And then who knows? Maybe the Florida State job becomes open. And if the Florida State job becomes open, Dion's going to Tallahassee. That's where he went to college. Every kid that plays in college wants to coach at their alma mater, those that coach. So, no, I don't think he sold out. I don't necessarily have a if, – if you say that he did, I'm not going to argue that point. Does he owe Jackson State anything? <sighs> That's tough. I think he owes Jackson State whatever he's bound to them contractually to do. But other than that, if he's fulfilled his contract obligations – he doesn't know Jack. He doesn't know Jackson State anything. He doesn't. Now, my my feeling on that, I I would have liked if if it were me, I would have liked to have seen Deion Sanders stay at JSU. The reason being is that some of the things that he talked about concerning Jackson State, concerning HBCU football, I think he was on the path to do it but I think he would have had to have stayed there at least another four or five years to see that stuff come to fruition 
And like I told my boys, I was like, you know, when I started hearing these rumors about him possibly interviewing for jobs, I was like, no, this is, I was like, if he's interviewing, he's leaving. Because a lot of times what college coaches do, they will, like, let's say if I'm, if I'm at Clemson, I might interview at Alabama. But I'm interviewing at Alabama, maybe not with the intention of taking the job, but I know that if I interview at Alabama, Clemson's going to say, well, you know what, hey, let's give you another million dollars because you had a great season. A lot of college, a lot of college coaches do that. They will interview with job. They will interview at other jobs, you know, just to get a salary bump. I get it. It's part of the game. It happens every year. But here's the thing. At Jackson, Dion was making about as much as he was going to make. There was no more money to get from Jackson State. And we all know that. And we also know that, you know, there's not a HBCU where Je- where Deion Sanders is going to make $5 million a year or $6 million a year. He was only going to get that at a power five school, at a white school. So the money was going to be there. He said he told, you know, the kids that he wasn't chasing a bag. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, be honest with you. you <laughs> if you're leaving, you're chasing a bag. Because all things considered, you're not going to go to Colorado and make $500,000. Call it what it is. I mean, tell, be honest with the kids. Be up front, them, front with them. They, they will understand and appreciate you. Don't give them coach speak. But yeah, ultimately, I would have liked to have seen him stay. Um, South Carolina State has Jackson State on the schedule next year. So... I'm still going to that game. The game is in Atlanta. Um, I want to see us beat their ass again. Unfortunately, Dion won't be on the sideline for that. So that's a little that's a little disappointing. But I know that those fans will be there, and I know that that program will bounce back. But this is tough. This is a tough pill to swallow. It's, I, I would be lying, even if I even as a a bystander and a lover of HBCUs, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little disappointed. Again, I'm not an alum, so I don't feel the way that Jackson State alums may feel tonight. But if I did, I would feel away. And they have a right to feel away. But also, the thing I would say to anybody is look what Dion accomplished. Did he leave something on the plate? You can make a case that he did. But he did bring a lot, and he also laid a blueprint for the next generation and the next crop of people to follow. And he also gave us, who aren't alums from JSU, something to look at and something to marvel at and then something to take from. And hopefully we take those mindsets and those ideas and those concepts and those conversations that we had, we take them to our schools and we apply him there. He's got one more game as, as the head coach of Jackson State. It's not going to be an easy game, but I wish him well. That's going to do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5G.